Welcome back to the Punk to Die Podcast, episode 104. Happy 420, Neil. How you doing? I'm doing okay. You changed it up there. You didn't say, hey, well, what do you normally say? Nick, Dr. Nick thing, did I? No, you didn't That's do the right. thing. Well, it's funny, you know, because you, you were, we were joking earlier about how we should do a, a 420 episode, but the fact of the matter is I haven't smoked for a very long time. I can't remember if you, are you, are you an occasional partaker, Neil, or is that not your thing? Occasional, but I mean, growing up, I didn't do it at all in England. That wasn't, when I grew up, that wasn't even really a thing. I don't know anyone that, that did it, but uh, oh, really? yeah, it was, we were very, we were just drink, drinkers from an early age. That's pretty much it. Us Midwesterners, it was pretty common. So yeah, today's yeah. 420, and of course you all can, and of course it'll be May before anybody hears this, so if maybe I... <laughs> Stamping, right? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we you know, of course you can get a hold of us at our normal spots, punk till I die seventy seven at Gmail, or you can catch us at uh Punk Till I Die Podcast on Facebook. And of course, if you haven't joined our little podcast chat group, you should on join Facebook. that because yeah. that's, join our Facebook where, group. It's fun. That's where the real shit talking comes in. Yeah, it is. <laughs> For sure. So 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 we have a guest with us today and um I'm actually gonna. I'm actually not gonna give. Not gonna say too much about what he does because I'm gonna actually kind of let him explain it. So we will. We're gonna like tell the whole story. He's not a musician, um, and you might not know the name right off the top of your head. But he's he's the founder of an organization called Pass the Bass, and his name is Dylan Flynn. How you doing, Dylan? Not too bad in yourself, sir. You know, I've been a whole lot worse. I got very <laughs> many complaints. So you know, um, I've come to the realization that people just tend to automatically feel better when they see or hear me. I just give off some kind of vibe. That's good, positive there, vibe. There you go. It's always good, right? Hey, how was how it was the, it's, it's just arrogant. How how was how was how was the weather for you guys today? Because we were supposed to be getting like a crazy winter storm in uh, at least through the Midwest, right? I, but we didn't actually see anything. We were supposed to get snow, but I don't think it actually snowed. How about you, Tom? Missed us, but I believe Detroit got a little bit. Hmm. How about you, Dylan? T- tomorrow it's supposed to be in the 40s and mid 30s, and potentially some snow. Today was around 60 and sunny, though. Oh, nice. That's good. I'll tell you what, man. If it snows in after the 20th of April, it's going to be really hard to put a positive spin on that. Damn straight. <laughs> I mean, I, I heard I heard that some parts are supposed to get like 15 inches. Believe that or not crazy yeah anyway sorry yeah. i sorry i took us off path there but i was just thinking about Man, it. i've already got my shorts out dude i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm not putting my shorts back away the shorts are out now D- dylan you're, you're in you're in uh, columbus ohio right yes um i lived here for five years and then i moved to denver for two and i came back uh to columbus in january oh okay now so what- is is that where you grew? Did you grow up in that area? I I was born in Denver. I've been moving my whole life. I was born in Denver. After my parents' divorce when I was three, I moved to Alaska. Wow. I oh. moved through, throughout Idaho for probably 15 to 20 years. Spent 10 years in Washington. Five years here, two back in Denver, and just came back here. So, yeah, I've done a lot of moving throughout my life. So, which was your favorite place of all those uh, cool places that you went to? How was Alaska? I I was three. It was before my traumatic uh, brain injury. I have no recollection. Okay, gotcha. But 
I'd give I'd give a fucking kidney to go back to Seattle. Interesting. Mm. Huh. I feel ethically and potentially legally obligated to admit it wouldn't be my kidney, but I would give a kidney. <laughs> Somebody's kidney then. Okay, cool. Exactly. <laughs> well, well so, I mean, yeah, we... Uh, that's why people are in comas, right? So I can take one of their kidneys. <laughs> Jesus, this got, this got dark in a hurry, didn't oh, it? Uh, there we go. Little, so, much for, so much for Mr. Sunshine. Yeah, so much for Mr. Positivity over there. <laughs> so you, uh, so you were, so so you were talking. So you had an issue, an incident when you were fifteen. What? So what? What? What was your incident actually, Dylan? What? What? What actually happened? And can you not remember anything that happened before that? Is that the impression I get? Um, I can remember bits and pieces of my life prior to my injury, but not a whole lot. And I have no yeah. recollection of the accident, but. Um, assuming I can trust everyone who told me the story, it was an automobile accident on the last day of my freshman year of high school. Oh, shit. Mm. Sorry about that. That's terrible. Yeah. So, so at the time, and at the time you were, your freshman year or whenever, you were starting to get into music quite a bit, I'd take it. Um, yes, uh, one of my best friends in high school had suggested we start a band. Um, to my recollection, he already had a guitar, so I was going to get a bass. But I guess I had just chosen to get a bass because I wanted to. I know, so this was... Um, 21 years ago, I was a big fan of Blink-182, loved the album Dude Ranch, was a fan of Mark Hoppus, and I guess that's why I decided to grab up a bass. So, that, actually, you know what? That might be a good a good spot to jam a song in, because actually one of the songs you picked was um, Blink-182, M&M's, which was actually, that was from Chesser Cat, right? That was from the album before that? Yeah. Yeah, I was Cheshire Cat, yeah, and yeah. that is the song I had the honor of watching Mark play during soundcheck uh, in Indianapolis a few years ago on my bass. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's so, very cool. So let's spin, let's spin that one, Neil. So let's let's play. Uh, this is Blink One Eight Two M and M's. was 
Blink 182 there with M&Ms. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really that familiar with uh, Blink 182 to tell you the truth. They kind of well, pa- passed me by, you know. They it's funny because their first two albums were actually really fast, but they got very popular after a while in their music. I I went I took my daughter to see them a couple years ago. Hmm. Definitely not necessarily my bag anymore, but right. I remember liking the Dude Ranch album actually quite a bit when it came out. Dude um, Ranch that I I can't explain it. I haven't listened to it much for at least a decade. But even with my traumatic brain injury, I know 90% of the lyrics on that album. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that is definitely an amazing album. So, yeah, that's... um, living, Living in Idaho, there... If it wasn't mainstream, you didn't really have an opportunity to hear it. Oh, but yeah. my friend who um, suggested starting the band, um, me and him came across this uh, record store in the biggest town near where we lived. I don't know if you've ever heard of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Right, not. Um, have, if you've ever heard of Spokane, Washington, it's a pretty big city um, sure. just outside of Coeur d'Alene. Anyways, mm. there's a record store there, and they had a good selection of comp CDs, and we came across like the Punkaramas and various punk compilations, mm. and that's how we got into bands like No Effects and... Uh, that's how I ended up getting into Alkaline Trio, who was my favorite band for probably at least a decade. I've traveled hmm. over 20,000 miles to see Alkaline Trio around 35 times. Wow. Wow. But, yeah, the, for probably the past five years, anti has been my favorite band. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, so their ba- their bassist was the first to play mine, um, and their lead singer guitarist told me I'm always welcome to sell at their shows. So I'm definitely cool. grateful for them. 
Well, I'll anyway, tell you what. Sorry to interrupt you. you. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I said sorry to interrupt you. You go Oh, ahead. no, no, that's all right. That's See, that's the thing with this. We can't see each other, so we never – there's no visual cues, so we just – we just try not to step on each other too bad. So you know what though? Why don't we play that? Why don't we play well, that? No, anyways? no, what, no. What? We just played a song, dude. Let, let's. We just played a song a minute ago. So I know, but I mean, it just leads naturally into it, Neil. Yeah, yeah, but I think we're going to get more into that when we get into the story. Um, okay. So when you had this the the car accident, that was when you were living in Idaho. Is that right? Yeah, a small town in Idaho, North Idaho. Oh dear. So, uh, so you had been, you were in the band before then, and then, and you'd been playing the bass. No, no. Um, we we never. I mean, the accident was only five months after I got the bass. Okay, so gotcha. Had had never actually formed a band. Just kind of picked up the bass and had fingers crossed hopes of starting the band, but never actually accomplished it. So what kind? So what kind of what kind of bass are we talking about? Um, at the time, I had a, a Fender Squire. Mm-hmm. Um, then I ended up selling that and got a Fender P-Bass Mexican. Um, I ended up selling that, and now the bass I use with this campaign is a P-Bass Deluxe. Oh, nice. Mm. Okay. All right, so, so yeah, go ahead, Tom. Sorry. No, well, I was gonna say, so you, so this happened when you were about, uh, when you were fifteen, you're a young guy starting to get into starting to get into punk rock, and, but it was quite a few years later you got the inspiration for Pass the Bass, right? And, um, maybe, so I would say just a. One or two weeks ago, it's been six years since I started this campaign. Okay. Prior to start, prior to starting this campaign, you know, this base for years just sat around really doing nothing. So um, maybe two years prior to starting this campaign, the concept of getting other bases to play it so it was at least getting some use out of it. It had crossed my mind. And the first basis to play it was Chris two from anti-flag. And then I got a bassist named Joe Ginsburg, who, um, I think he does a lot of solo stuff, but I met him playing with Chuck Reagan, who is the lead singer from um, Hot Water, Water Music. Music. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they doing the Chuck Reagan and the Revival Tour. That's where I met Joe. And he was the second to play my bass. So how did you actually get well, a hold of some of these famous musicians to get them to, uh, to, get them to do this? Well, and... Okay, sorry, I got a little sidetracked. Going back to your question earlier, um, so it was six years ago. I, I'm only in touch with one friend from back in high school, the friend who suggested starting a band. And I had just reached out to him, texted out to him, and he suggested, hey, kill two birds with one stone, get bassists to play it, and raise money. So um, very shortly after I um, 
started this campaign. I went on Flogging Molly. Um, there, th- this past um, November would have been the sixth year that they've done the Salty Dog Cruise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unfortunately, unfortunately, with COVID, it was canceled. Um, yep. I went on it. I went on it the first year they did it. Um, I was. I mean, this was an unbelievable coincidence. Um, I'm just standing there uh, waiting for them to play maybe 20 minutes before their set. Um, I, I went on it by myself. Didn't everyone else on the cruise, to my knowledge, was no one I'd ever met. So I'm standing there just... Uh, letting time pass until this set. All of a sudden, a guy walks up to me. I don't recognize him. He uh, mentions that he met me at that um, Chuck Reagan revival tour. Uh, He was working sound for Chuck Reagan at that time. And I met met him when I met Joe Ginsburg. So it was a very, very... Amazing coincidence. His name is Casey. He's worked sound for Flogging Molly for six years or seven years now. Um, I mean, this campaign would be nothing if it wasn't for Casey and for um, Kevin Lyman from the Warp Tour. Oh, with okay. Right, Casey, right. With, with, with Casey, he's um, got me into a Flogging Molly shows. He's got me into um, the the Riot Festival. He got me into a Fat Records anniversary show. Um, Because of him, Joe, and I don't know if I've ever heard anyone pronounce it, but I assume it's pronounced Principe from Rise Against. Uh, Casey got me into a Rise Against show where um, Joe played my bass, and after meeting the guys in Rise Against at that show, I was able to get um, into another show a couple years ago where they let me sell the show. But, um, I mean, obviously, Facebook has been, I mean, social media has been, without social media, I would say, okay, I'd say this campaign is 66% Casey and Kevin and mm-hmm. 33% social media. Well, let's tell the people out there what exactly the campaign is, because we talked about a campaign, but... Well, we let's, really let's play it. No, let's, let's stick another song. Let's stick okay. another song in there, Neil. Sure, sure. Should we do... Our, we only got one. We've only played one song so far, so okay. let's... Uh, okay, should we do let's the... Do that uh, any- Anti-Flag, okay. All right. So um, this is Anti-Flag with Go West. Like a ghost, emptiness haunted his years.
I haven't. I, I've got the first couple of anti-flag albums, but uh, no, actually, I think I have the first three. But no, I haven't. I haven't heard that one. I don't think. Which one is? Um, which, which, I, which album is I, that off of? I feel. I feel like this. Um, it's off of Bright Lights in America. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this song was fucking written about me. Okay. I feel like it's telling me to go west. Go west, go west man. They're gonna man. need. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to need to reduce the cost of living by like 80% before I can do that. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and, and, yeah, and Annie flags from the East. So, so you said Chris number two was the first guy to actually play your bass, right? Yeah. Um, I, I went to, uh, their show. I think he, I, the first show I saw was in Pittsburgh, maybe, eight years ago for them and i saw a guy standing at their merch table i just went up and introduced myself and the concept of getting bassists to play mine had maybe just the day before sometime shortly before that show had just crossed my mind 
So I talked to their merch guy about it, and I assumed the I, – I don't know if the uh, merchandise guy uh, ended up introducing to me, me to um, Chris that night or if he just went up and suggested it to Chris. The next night they played in Seattle. And it was in Seattle that next night that Chris ended up playing my bass. Mm. So at that point, at that point, you really hadn't thought about making money on it. You were just kind of wanting to get your bass played, basically. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's a twelve hundred dollar bass. It was made to be played. I sure. don't like the concept of it just sitting around in my closet. And you're not able to play it anymore, obviously, right? Because of the well. I- I can quote unquote play, but it hurts. I don't have control and it's very tiring. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately for somewhere around 15 years, that's been progressively getting worse and seeing numerous doctors throughout that time. No one can tell me why, which is pretty damn frustrating. So, so Neil asked the question earlier. So how do you, how do you, do you, do you mostly reach out to bands you like, or how do you go about approaching bands to do this? Um, so like I said, uh, with, um, Casey, I mean, he's been able to get me in touch with some of these bigger mm. name bands that I really like. Um, I would say, Hands down, um, the biggest names have got to be Dropkick Murphys, who I I was able to get in touch with, um, Ken, their bassist on Facebook. Um, he's a lefty, unfortunately, wouldn't play Ah, my bass during the set. That's right. Although, he, he played it for a song during soundcheck, and Admittedly, it did look a little odd being upside down. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. But but it sounded absolutely perfect. But I could see the justification in not wanting to play it during the set. You might be a little uncomfortable not having a whole lot of experience, and you could completely mess up having a thousand, fifteen hundred people looking at you, whatever. <laughs> Um, but it'd be fine um, as long as you, as long as you picked a song where you only had to use one string, it would be okay. It would yeah. be the changing strings uh, thing that would be a problem, right? Um, yeah. And so Facebook, um, it was, uh, as the three of us discussed earlier, I haven't been a big Blink-182 fan for probably 15 years but mark hoppus is who got me into bass um it was um i got in touch with and i am completely blanking on his name um oh gavin caswell he was the bassist for um census fail he Mm. now plays guitar Okay. I got in touch with I got in touch with him shortly before uh Warp Tour show. 
and um, Gavin invited me down to um, the Cincinnati and Cuyahoga Falls Warp Tours. And I met everybody in Censusville and Cincinnati. It was the next night in Cuyahoga Falls um, where Gavin played my bass. And I would say roughly 50 basses to play mine. Color me greedy. I prefer it during the set. Um <laughs> A couple have during sound check and a couple have during or in dressing rooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, with Ken being lefty, he did it during sound check. Mark Hoppus did it during sound check. Um, but the majority have during the sets, and Gavin played it for the whole set and that was extremely cool to watch um chris did it i think for three songs um so so when so so i I was just going to ask so so when when they do that do they actually do they actually announce to the crowd that that's what's happening and that they should um donate money to the to the cause or like like do they actually tell everybody what's what's happening and why they're playing that bass a handful have actually given me um maybe like five minutes on stage to come up and just give a quick synopsis of the campaign um sometimes uh the singers bassists whatever member of the band will do it themselves but i mean like uh the best experience i've had with this campaign was um flogging molly letting me sell and promote on the um salty dog cruise back in 2019 um the there were a couple bassists who were in smaller bands and sounding like a dick. I can't remember what band or what the bassist <laughs> name is, but That's cool. um, the, the um, Randy Bradbury from um, Pennywise was the biggest name bassist who played mine, but. Um, Pennywise let me up before they're set to promote it. Flogging Molly did. Um, <laughs> one of the smaller bands did. And then also um, during punk rock karaoke, they let me up to, on to promote it. So, I mean, <laughs> over six years, this has definitely made progress, but it's still for the most part, a one-man campaign. So hopefully with the support of great guys like you, more people will find out. And, I mean, the word legitimate really isn't the best word to use. This is just as legitimate a one-man campaign as it would be a 50-million-man campaign. Legitimacy isn't going to change. But I want to make it more well known and i wish i had better i wish i had a better vocabulary because there are definitely words 
somewhere rattling around in the back of my head I'd like to use. I just can't find them. No, so, but so, that's, so, so, that's so let, all right. Our, yeah. our audience doesn't have a very good vocabulary. Right <laughs> yeah, now. yeah, yeah, but so, so let's tell people what, what is it that you're raising money for? Like, what, what well, exactly? Let's, let's, let's stick another song in, Neil. <laughs> okay. The, the one, so one name I saw on there that's a very big name was uh, Matt Freeman from Rancid. What, what was the situation there, Dylan? Um, so again, going back to, uh, Casey Floggy Molly's tour manager, um, he, and you know, I gotta say, it really, I can't help but be a little curious about this. Casey's got me into that Fat Records anniversary show, All Access. He got me into, uh, uh, the... Um, Riot Fest, all access, but he, he's, he's a tour manager for Floggy Molly, but he doesn't get me in all access to Floggy Molly, which, you know, seems like it'd be a little easier to do it with <laughs> the band you work with than one you don't, but all the same, I'm extremely grateful for Casey, um, but so with, um, <clears throat> With Matt, um, Floggy Molly was playing a riot fest in Chicago a handful of years ago. Mm. And, um, and you know, I'm actually not sure if this was one Foggy Molly played. I believe he got me into two um, riot fests. Anyways, I got in all, I was in all access and... So I'm I'm standing around uh, my base on my back by uh, flogging mall or not flogging Molly I mean uh, Rancid's trailer and uh, there are like these three guys that are just standing outside the trailer. I'm kind of just walking around in circles, maybe a hundred feet from the trailer, hoping uh the band comes out and I can kind of just give them a synopsis of what I'm doing and hopefully get Matt to play my bass. I eventually went up to one of the guys outside the trailer and kind of just gave him the spiel. Hope said something like, do you think Matt would be up for playing my bass? Um, this guy says no, but then I'm, uh, standing behind their, uh, uh, um, stage maybe 20 minutes before they play. I see the band standing just behind the stage. I figure, hell, this might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Why not just go ask Matt myself? So I went up to the band and uh, talked to Matt. I said, hey, I'm doing this campaign. I'm not able to play my bass. I'm getting basses to play mine selling merchandise, the money goes to the Brain Injury Association of America. And Matt ended up playing it for one song during that set. And I looked, there was one time when I looked at the face of the guy who said no, and I'm pretty (laughs) sure he was pretty pissed that I went up and ended up asking Matt after he said no. Oh, good for you, man. That's cool. that's yeah, cool. I mean, I, I felt it could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So if this guy's pissed off, he's pissed off. But 
you know, there are more justified things to be pissed off about than that. So he was probably shamefaced. He was probably I'm glad I did it. Yeah, for I, sure. I have a picture of my I have a picture of my uh, bass next to all these rancid basses and uh, guitars. So that was definitely a very cool picture to get. Excellent. So all right, so let's let's throw in. So I like this song quite a bit. This is a great choice. It We're is. gonna play Olympia by uh, uh, Rancid, Olympia, Washington.
was Olympia by uh, by Rancid there. So, so you've explained. So the the money you're raising, just because we haven't made you 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 just mentioned it, but I want to make it perfectly clear. The money you're raising is for say the name of the organization again. Um. So the first um, place I had ever donated to, I actually can't even remember the name. It was some brain injury charity in uh, Illinois, I'd say Chicago. Um, I donated $500 to them before anything else. And then um, I have an aunt who, she's a physical therapist assistant in Colorado. And she told me about this um website named charity navigator so i went on that and just looked up brain injury or neurological whatever however it was worded uh charities and the highest rated one was the brain injury association of america so i've been working with them for roughly five years um moving to denver for two years I split the donations between the um, Brain Injury Association of America and the Brain Injury Alliance of Colorado. But um, the Brain Injury Association of America is a much bigger, I mean, it's a countrywide thing. It's not just the state thing. So... It's definitely been more beneficial working with the Brain Injury Association of America. Um, I live off of uh, Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare, and food assistance. So having any other income would greatly affect those. So I can't be selling these shirts and depositing the money. Um, I have done that. And even though I immediately made a donation, um, I had food assistance taken away after that flogging Molly cruise. Um, so a a little, um, loop I found to avoid that is I buy the shirts and I have them sent to the brain injury association of America and they sell them on their website. Hmm. So I kind of, so what, what's that, what's that what's that what's that website, Dylan? Um, if you just look up uh, the Brain Injury Association of America, that's the name of. They're in, I believe, uh, Virginia. Um, and and you have a Facebook also. That's that's past the base is your Facebook organization page, right? Yes, uh, there is um, a page that I run. Then there's also a group page for Path to Base. And there is um, an Instagram page. Um, But as the three of us discussed, we're not really knowledgeable with technology. And (laughs) I mean, with this darn virus, I haven't seen a show in 13 months, so there definitely hasn't been much to post in 
sure. since uh, March of last year. But um, that, it looks like, so that website is BIA usa.org yeah and I'll, I'll put a link to, i'll put a link to that on our facebook page for sure so people can uh, people can check that out yeah so so you've raised you've raised something like sixteen thousand dollars or something like that right um it's a pretty good amount of money know, just i probably should be keeping I want to say better records, but I should probably be keeping at least some records of this. Um, nah, dude, keep it punk, man. Keep it punk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, the way I look at it, so I would say easily over $20,000 has been raised, but with the uh, costs of all the shirts, um, sure. I had to pay for a couple flights to sell on that cruise. I, uh, mm. Kevin Lyman let me sell at a warp tour in California, um, two years ago. Um, so aside from business costs, sure, I'd say 16 to $17,000 has been donated. So um, is, it, is, that, sh- is that is that is that all t-shirts? Is that all t-shirts or some of that like just direct donations? I assume you can people could just directly donate to yeah, if they want. To yeah, do that. yeah, that that's um, direct donations as well. Okay. I have a um, uh, um, uh, GoFundMe page for uh, passive base as well, and the money goes directly to the Brain Injury Association. Hmm. That's excellent, man. That's hats off to you. That's fantastic. That you've done all so, that on your own back. That's amazing. So I see one of the other, the other. So it's funny because I'm trying to think who's the biggest, the biggest name, and I think probably Hoppus is probably the most famous guy who's played your bass, right? I'd have to say hands down. I mean, although, I mean, Rancid's definitely a very well-known band. Uh, and punk, Rise and punk against, circles, yeah. yeah, Rise Against, um, No Effects. But yeah, no effects is huge. In, yeah, um, and I gotta say I was a little disappointed. I didn't know. Um, I was told later that uh, Mark or not Mark, uh, Fat Mike has back problems. Uh, a P base is too heavy. Oh crap! I think I burnt a chicken pot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he plays those stupid Dan Electro, those plastic things. Huh? <laughs> I always wondered why he played those crappy basses. I mean, they're probably better than yeah. the ones I can buy. This, but they're light, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but so, so he ended up playing mine in a dressing room. Um, ah, sitting down. Which, yeah, which you know, still you could play mine sitting down on stage. Um, but um. So while I was a touch disappointed that he played it in the dressing room, it was still very, very cool. He he took my bass out into a, the hall, um, came back after maybe a couple minutes. He played a song he had written that was roughly 45 seconds. <laughs> and I, I can't tell you exactly, but it was something like a, 
Dylan, why'd you go and crash that car into that tree? <laughs> so, I, I, I doubt many people can say that Mike has written a song about them. So, and, yeah, and it was... Don't you love the uh, fact, I mean, too... Don't you love the fact that he wasn't afraid to break your balls? Like, he doesn't even know you, and he's, he's actually giving you a hard time. I think that's great. That's classic <laughs> Mike, right? Yeah, but then I saw him again at this... Uh, um, um, fuck, uh, Punk and Drublick show a couple years ago. He had no idea who I was. Oh, nice. Oh, so, dude, dude, was that, was that in, uh, like, that's near Columbus, right? No, no, that, that, there is one. This is when I was living in Denver. Okay, I, th- I, I went to the there, one. I went to the one near Columbus. Okay. Yeah, um, I was hoping to get into one here a couple years before I moved to Denver, but that never happened. But hmm. Casey that works with Foggy Molly got me into that uh punk and drublick show in um Red Rocks um hmm. outside Denver. Beautiful place. Yeah. Um, so you one of them you mentioned and this these guys were actually pretty big too another Chicago band you know we uh, and we've actually played a bunch of bands today that we've never played before right and one of them is uh but one of them you mentioned was Rise Against how did that one come about So again going back to Casey um I the the, the um Rise Against show was in Detroit um, and I think I had just reached out to Casey and they played in Indianapolis and then Detroit and Indianapolis is a little closer to me. Um, so I was hoping that would work out, but Casey knows the guy who works with him or worked with him. I don't know if he still does. Um, but so I just, again, thanks to Casey, you know, having these connections, um, ended up driving up to Detroit one night. And, um, oh, you know, I was listening to it earlier. I can't remember what it is. What's the venue? The, Do you remember what the venue was? If I heard the name, I would, but off the top of my head, no recollection. Okay. Okay, but um, I, I gotta say I'm not very knowledgeable with Rise Against, mm. but um, this was definitely one of my favorite songs of theirs that he played on mine. So, I mean, I kind of feel like a dick. Um, <laughs> w- when it all comes down to it, I don't really know many of these bands that have been so generous to me. Um, at the end of the day, the only three bands I feel like I could justify and call calling myself a fan of are Anti-Flag, No Effects, and Alkaline Trio. I mean, all these other bands, they have great music, but I'm just not that knowledgeable about their stuff. Rancid, Offspring, um, Dropkick Murphys, um, Census Fail. I mean, I'm just, and for, for the most part, it is my brain injury. My memory is shit, so it's hard to, 
I'm kind of, uh, I kind of look at it, um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I found something I like, and I'm not looking to change that, which, uh, you know, can be a good thing, but it also can prevent you from finding lots of things you appreciate. Sure. But, I mean. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's play that Rise Again song, which I, I was actually, a, you ever listen to them, Neil, or not really? I actually like their early stuff quite a bit. Yeah, I've got a couple of their, couple of their albums. For so sure. let's, play, yeah. let's play this Rise Again song, okay. Give It All. Yep, and then we'll come yeah, back and, that, and we'll that, get we'll get. Nope, go ahead. That's the song that uh, Joe played on my bass. Oh, Sweet. excellent, cool. Okay. Joe Principe, you know he he played he was the bass player for Eighty Eight Fingers Louie, the great Chicago punk band back in the day, you know, nineties, eighties, nineties band yeah, or nineties band. I know them. But anyway, all right, let's. Uh, so this is Rise Against. Give it all. Against? Are they still going? Or did they did they split? 
Yeah, I think they're still around. They st- but they're like a radio band now. Right. Yeah, I know they're massive, they're, right? They're pretty big. They're pretty yeah. big. I actually gave up in an effort like, man, that one, Revolutions Per Minute was really good. And then the one after that I thought was okay. It's yeah. a swan song of the current, swan song of the culture, I think it was called. I don't know. That was CD era, man. No vinyl. CD era, yeah. So we don't. So we, that doesn't count, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> Before vinyl, yeah. Casey got me into a show of theirs in Denver maybe two years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, there. I mean, I. Okay, so he got. I, I met them. Joe played my bass at this show in um, Detroit. And then with the guy that Casey had got me in touch with that works with him. He um, got me um, into selling a show in Cleveland. And he see, I kind of got the feeling that he was a touch annoyed by me. So I ended up deleting his number. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he appreciated being asked for these favors. But um, I'm pretty pissed. Um, at the time, I had my brother-in-law's old cell phone. I lost or mine died, whatever. So my brother-in-law had given me his old one. And there, there were times it, it, it had gotten to a point where it would say the battery was like 85% charged and it would just die. Um, so... I'm at this Rise Against show, and that happens. It's 80 90% charged, and it won't do a damn thing. Um, I get home the next morning. It's charged. I um, look on my face. I had gotten in touch with a different guy that works with them through Facebook, Um and I go on Facebook and I got a message from this guy and the message tells me to meet the guys in Rise Against at the stage after the show. And wow. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I was pretty pissed. Uh, <laughs> I wanted, I mean, wh- wh- I know I know Joe, the bassist's name, and I know uh, Tim's the guitarist, lead singer. I couldn't tell you the other guitarist or the drummer's name but the other guitarist i was hanging out with uh them in their dressing room after that show in detroit and he just gives me a hundred bucks wow oh Oh, that's great man that's awesome yeah so i you know i really wanted to give all these guys and rise against the t-shirt so I was hoping I'd be able to after that show in Cleveland a few years ago. So when I get home the next morning, see this message that I couldn't read because my phone had died. I was pretty <laughs> damn pissed. I bet. But yeah. I, I think it, I think it's safe to say another opportunity will present itself. There you go. Eventually the shows will come back. Let's hope so. So yeah. all right. Yeah. So. So listen, go go check out the past the past the base page. I just went over there and I couldn't help but notice that Neil, at least three of our friends already liked that page, which is good. Oh, that's so good. So that makes yeah. me makes me happy. I just liked it myself. So check it out. Get a t-shirt. Check out the check out the organization. I really think it's a, a worthwhile cause. And you know, 
we usually most of this show is screwing around, Dylan. If we're being honest, most of this podcast is just us, you know, making dick jokes and playing our favorite, you know, <laughs> yeah, punk bands, shooting the so shit once and in playing a, songs. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, once I, once I in a while, I think it's okay that, for us to do okay, some good. Okay, let me say something. This isn't this isn't a joke. This is absolutely one hundred percent legitimate. Um, I feel ethically, if not legally obligated to tell all the women out there that are listening to this that if you wear one of these shirts you will be walking runways in Paris and Milan I I hear that Hilfiger, Klein and Lauren are filing for bankruptcy solely because of these shirts wow you heard it first and, and, and men if you wear one of these you will be beating gals off with wiffle ball bats Wow! Instead of beating yourselves you, off, fellas. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. You, you will be on the you'll be on the cover of GQ in one of these shirts. And this last thing, I don't know if there's any legitimacy to this, but I've heard that people who do not buy a shirt go to bed crying. And you know, I get the feeling that everyone who can hear this is such a great person. That I'm gonna go to bed crying, knowing I let you go to bed crying. So let's just all fucking avoid going to bed crying. Let's Wait, make that's a team a, effort out of this. Does it work to live hearts, by, my friend? Works to live by. He's a he's a he's a closer, ain't he? Close yeah. to the heart up. Yeah, I like it. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Where can we get the shirts? Is it just on the on the Facebook page, or is there another place to get them? Um, if you go on. I have them on my Facebook page. If you go on to that um, Brain Injury Association, uh, the BIAA, if you go on their website and look up merchandise, you'll find it there. Well, I'll tell you what, Dylan. So you, the last song you picked, I actually have no idea. You, This is one of the bands you actually have not mentioned to this point, so it's Mill and Colon. What's, uh, did, what's the situation with them? It, it, it's pronounced Mill and Colin. Mill and Colin. You know, I, I've seen yeah. it, but I've never said it. They're 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 from Sweden, and oh I no, they don't like us. Found... They don't like us in Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. It's it's inside. I, sorry, inside joke. Inside joke. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I found out about them through the Punkorama albums. Yep. Um they have a song that I absolutely love named No Cigar um, that was po- quite possibly the first song I'd ever heard of theirs off of one of the Punkorama albums. Um, that, let's see. So, God, how can it be 13 years with, I mean, 13 months without a concert? Um, I got in touch with their basis through Facebook. Um, they were doing a tour throughout the U.S. Um, I think they did a show in Boulder one night and in Denver the next night. Um, at the time, I wasn't really driving. If I had been, I would have wanted to go to both shows, but I ended up just going to the one in Denver. Um, and I think his name is Nikolai. It's Swedish, so I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce it. Um, 
But yeah, he's, I mean, they're an amazing, amazing band. Um, and, you know, Color Me Greedy, I appreciate watching these guys play my bass for a song or two. But with guys like Nikolai, it was fucking amazing watching him playing it for half the set. Nice. Um, with Mark Hoppus, um, I'm on the stage recording it, and I can hear um, so a fair amount of the bassists who have played it have signed it, and I'm standing on the stage. Um, there's a a handful of people that got let in to watch sound check. And I'm standing at the front of the stage. I hear a guy uh, mention the signatures on the bass. And I wanted to yell down to the guy, yell out to my bass, and those are signatures of guys who played it. But nice. I feel I feel like a real fucking ignorant dick. I <laughs> it did not cross my it did not cross my mind until after the show to get Mark to sign it. So I did not get him to sign it. But again, fingers crossed, so I'll have another opportunity. There you go. Yeah. So you actually picked a different song. You picked the song Black Eye. Is this your favorite by them now? Hands down, yes. That is this that I would say um overall but by, by sound black eye is my favorite listening to it, but by lyrics, um, no cigars. I, I appreciate more. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure you can say that. Sometimes you appreciate a song by sound more than you do lyrics. Yeah. There I don't know go. if that's just something oh, for me. I get but, that. But yeah, that, No Cigar is an amazing song. And I, I actually don't think they even played No Cigar that night, which was kind of hmm. disappointing. So, okay, so we're actually going to leave everybody with that. So, thanks thanks for coming on and talking to us, man, and we wish you the best of luck with uh, Pass the Bass. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. I hope we can raise a million dollars. Yeah, and we'll be sure, yeah. to, uh, we'll be sure to put all the links on our, on our Facebook page yep, and stuff will, like we that. we will check so, it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Very grateful, yeah, thanks. guys. You bet, man. It's, it, was, it was a pleasure. So, yeah. Neil, say your thing. Okay. Let's go have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hit, hit, uh, our friend's pot pie is probably cool enough to eat by now. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to play out with Melancholin with, uh, are we playing Black Eye or are we playing No Cigar? Which one we're are we playing, playing Black Eye. Okay. Black Eye. Okay. So yeah, Melancholin, Black Eye. Yeah. Uh, stay free. Keep a little mark in your heart, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks for listening. Smile you later. Yeah. If you guys ever find yourself in Columbus, I've got a Rocky Road ice cream cone with both your names on them. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, mate. All right. Hey, All best, right. Best well, have, have a nice night. Yeah, you too. Too. Cheers, mate. Bye.